Welcome to the Loveland Libcast, the official podcast of the Loveland Public Library. Joining me today for this episode of the Loveland Libcast, I have Haley, who is a former librarian here at the Loveland Public Library and is now a library consultant and is helping us with a project where we are using ULAB. Haley, welcome to the Loveland Libcast. Yay, thank you for having me on. Super excited. I am love Loveland. I was actually born and raised here, so I also feel very connected to the community because of that. And I loved my time here at the library, and I'm really grateful to be connected to the larger library world still, but excited to be on and talking about this stuff. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, thanks Thanks for joining us. And I should have let off with Loveland's own Haley. <laughs> <laughs> so in this episode, we are going to be talking about our work as librarians, libraries in general, the things that we do, the things that we aspire to do, and one of our current projects where, as I mentioned before, we're utilizing something called ULAB to develop, hopefully, an outcome that will represent the aspirations of our community as well and things that will be meaningful for, for folks who live in Loveland and the surrounding area and the people who are patrons of our library. Before we get to that conversation, though, Haley... If you want to tell us a little bit more about your background in libraries in general or your time here at the Loveland Public Library and the work that you're doing now. My career started in education in the nonprofit sector. So for about a decade, I worked with nonprofits, specifically education-focused nonprofits, and worked in conference settings, classrooms. I taught for a number of years, and I just really came to study and connect with supporting the community through education. I ended up getting my master's in community education and then my second master's in library science because <laughs> libraries are the intersection of where school and like community connections come together. So it's definitely the, the sweet spot that I've found in my career. And after teaching and teaching all ages, basically all the way from toddlers all the way up to college students as oh, you wow. older. Yeah, I taught there for a year and a half, not too long. Learned a ton of things along the way and met a lot of really interesting people and was also working at Barnes & Noble because <laughs> teachers don't make enough money. <laughs> so I also was continued to be connected to books and ended up getting a shelving job here after I left my teaching job from for personal family reasons and started as a shelver and then was here for a number of years and ended as the assistant manager of the children's division where I worked with an amazing team within children's and then of course the amazing team that's part of the whole Loveland Library. And while I was here at the Loveland Library, I really was excited to bring this kind of nonprofit perspective and definitely a community focus to the work that I did <laughs> with the traditional programs and services that the library already offers. The library world's very interesting to me because of this. It's, you know, a lot of people have that idea that, you know, libraries are this place where you get shushed and, <laughs> and nobody's supposed to talk and there's only books and it's dusty and uh, yeah. And that's the furthest from the truth that I can think to describe what a library is about. So yeah, that's where my career is. I left the Loveland Library about a year ago, but I've continued on with this ULAB project after leaving because I'm so passionate about what this is for the library and what it is for the Loveland community. And I am now doing this sort of work with other libraries in Colorado. Thank you for that. I'm excited to have you on and to let listeners know about some of these things, mm -hmm. little inside look at the library and how libraries work. And it's interesting you you and I are come from that branch of librarians who not only is from education, mm -hmm. but wasn't necessarily this clear-cut path of right. some people you feel like are born to be librarians. Yeah. And some people, it's like just our values, our mm -hmm. experience just 
makes us good candidates to work at libraries mm -hmm. and, and become librarians that way. Yeah. So it's always fun to talk to someone with a similar background. Right. And I think it's it can be revealing for, for people who are patrons of libraries or just want to know more about their community who yeah. is working at their right. local library. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing the range of people who end up finding themselves either working at libraries or visiting them especially, but the amount of expertise in all sorts of fields, even within the Loveland Library amongst the staff is amazing. So yeah, I think it's, <laughs> I think more and more people are realizing kind of, I, I don't want to say stumbling, but kind of yeah. like stumbling into librarianship and realizing like, oh, wow, this is where all these things that get me excited kind of come together. And yeah. I get to do this really great job. So, <laughs> yeah. 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 And that, that leads us perfectly into the, the first topic that I wanted to cover was the public perception of libraries versus mm -hmm. our work today. And you, you spoke a little bit to that already. My, my experience is, you know, it's always funny when you go get coffee or something and people are just making chit chat mm -hmm. and ask you, you know, oh, where do you work or what are you right. doing today? I'm going to work. Where do you work? And mm -hmm. when they find out you work at a library, it's always, people are always kind of excited is yeah, my experience. That's true. <laughs> but, but then often the next thing out of their mouth might be. Do you get to read all day? Exactly. <laughs> yes. No. <laughs> this is probably one of the busiest jobs I've ever had. Yeah. Where, yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. And I even, I even remember how I even got into libraries is, I was also, I was in graduate school mm -hmm. and had just graduated and was teaching and needed mm -hmm. a part-time job because mm -hmm. I was an adjunct and needed to, mm -hmm. to have more income. And a friend of mine had worked at a library. She she got a job, similar thing, because okay. we were in grad school together. Mm -hmm. And so she she got a job at the library and it was her first library job. And, but I basically did the same thing to her. I was like, oh, that's awesome. Do you get a read all day? And she just, she shook her head in that way of like. <laughs> you just shake your head. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and even as her, her first library job, she, she was doing a little bit of reference mm -hmm. and circulation stuff, but it's, yeah, you really go in and you learn like these, these places are, are busy mm -hmm. and, and the work that libraries do is so community focused mm -hmm. and community facing that. Yeah. There's, there's always things to do. There's always people in the library who are looking to do things, mm -hmm. looking for help, reaching mm -hmm. out. Libraries, fortunately, I think, are still a valued institution, mm -hmm. um, still valued organizations in yeah. communities. And people people look to them for help and, and mm -hmm. know that – I almost sound like I was getting choked up. <laughs> You weren't getting choked up, I can tell. It is. It's a noble cause. Yeah. It feels like a noble cause. And there's a level of responsibility that I think libraries hold and have held in the community because we're for everyone. We're here for you. And we want you to belong. And, you know, in the last, I'm sure, you know, 15, 20 years, how that looks is different than what it has been in the past. I think when I have those conversations with people, it's definitely like, oh, you get to read all day. No, actually, you know, most of the jobs I've ever worked in a library, I most of the time am not connected with books. Like, yeah. you know, 60 to 70% of the time is not related to books, which is surprising to a lot of people. But it just indicates the amount of things that libraries do that is beyond the books. And of course, the books are core, you know, yeah. bread and butter. And yes. absolutely, yeah. we're so passionate about books in all formats, audio and ebook and all that. And I think most of the things that I've seen, at, especially in Loveland, libraries are supporting the community through its services as well as its collection. And those services are classes. They are offering one-on-one -on -one support on applying for jobs it's all sorts of things. <laughs> and I'm, you know, in the children's department, we had a number of ways that we were supporting both the kids and the parents in the community, really trying to ensure that people stayed connected, that they were supported, especially when you're raising young kids, you have a whole another set of needs that aren't necessarily being addressed anywhere else, especially that you know, social piece for your kid if they're really young and that social piece for you if they're really young. <laughs> um, if you're stuck at your home and you might be, you know, a little stir crazy. So there were things that we really looked at on top of our amazing collection 
around services that we really wanted to support families and all types of families, basically reaching their goals in their life, meeting them where they're at. And, you know, frequently we would develop these services based off of our observations and conversations with patrons. And we really worked to ensure that we weren't operating in a vacuum, like you had said. There's this, especially in the last few decades, nationally, there's this deep need or realization or something that libraries are fulfilling where they are really focused on how can we make our library community-driven? How can the community of Loveland really weigh in on what we are doing at our library? How do we make sure we're relevant and responsive? And frequently that means, yes, books and all of the other things that we do. Yeah, yeah. It really, the the books, the movies, the public computers, story times, mm-hmm. teen hangout, these, 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 these are the things that, like you said, bread and butter expectations people have where if you find your local library, you can go in. If you don't have a card already, you make a card, you use your card, you can get a book. Mm-hmm. These These are things that, they're never going to go away. Mm-hmm. This is <laughs> right. Right. This this is this is the tradition of libraries that that people like, and it mm-hmm. has a. It's very deeply rooted in just mm-hmm. American values of mm-hmm. self education, mm-hmm. entertainment, all of that good stuff. But yeah, then there's then there's the other side of looking out at the community, listening to the community, and and mm-hmm. delivering other things and additional things, mm-hmm. and being a place that has that and more Mm -hmm. and that and more part is really where Mm -hmm. (laughs) you can be really creative with it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You can be really creative with it. You can look around at what other libraries do that's successful. People come in and they're happy to tell you, Hey, I was at a library and they did this and Mm -hmm. you all maybe should do that too. Or we go to conferences as librarians and we learn from each other. You just pull up some library's website and Mm -hmm. you can see all the events that are going on programs and that that's something just the the perception versus the reality when when you look at at what the library is doing Mm -hmm. those are all people that are involved who Mm -hmm. work there that that make that happen Mm -hmm. that market it Mm -hmm. communicate those things run those things make those connections and that's where a lot of the behind the scene work comes in right and then when you're it's a fascinating job as well because there's this customer service element to yes. it, but you're not, there's not a menu where, mm-hmm. <laughs> where someone is, is ordering things and you know, the menu and mm-hmm. you know, there, it's, it's a limited, there are limited choices. There's a interaction that's going to happen. Right. People might come in and <laughs> have a question for me. I remember once I had someone ask me about the rules of a certain kind of billiards game and you Whoa. know and then yeah and then that's my that's my yeah. interaction yeah. for for maybe the next 20 or 30 minutes is trying to figure this out with them right and then sometimes it is just hey where's this book or can i put right. this book on hold or you know mm-hmm. helping someone use the copy machine there's just such a variety mm-hmm. to it and it's for me it's very gratifying to have these interactions where there's there's not a there's not an exchange of, of money or anything. No. It's there to help someone and to help them use these resources mm-hmm. that they've already bought into mm-hmm. really is what it comes down to. Yeah. But that's that. it is a fun dynamic or <laughs> it can be fun of having that kind of constant customer service mm-hmm. element to it, yeah. which has a lot of variety to interactions yeah. and you meet a lot of interesting people and then that kind of planning work. And and that that is also the challenge. And this is perfect because we also want to talk about how libraries do become relevant to their communities. Mm-hmm. And there aren't really any easy answers to this. No, there's no formula. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we have, and you've participated in, in these ways too, how we, we can reach out to our community. They're our most valuable mm-hmm. resource to yeah. learn how to serve them, yeah. how... I mean, whether it's the books we have or the type of programs we do, mm-hmm. that's that's how we look towards. And would you mind telling us a little bit about how we have been doing that yeah, in the last couple of years? Yeah, I, sorry, I'm thinking also just about what you just said about the difference of like the combination. That That's the thing that's so exciting for me about library work is that you get the combination of like large scale 
kind of vision, a collaborative community work where you're working on your aspirations and the library is linking communities that are within your community and, you know, co-creating amazing things to ensure that your community is taken care of. And so you get that big picture stuff and then you get this direct service sort of exchange with patrons and you get the relationship building. And in children's, we, you know, because of our patrons are very young, our interactions looked very different, but we'd still <laughs> built those relationships, right? Like the biller, billiards question <laughs> definitely could have come up in children's. Sure. It wouldn't have been necessarily as, you know, long of a process, possibly, but, you know, connecting with a kid about like, why do you want to learn how to play pool? You <laughs> <Yeah>. know? <laughs> um, so, and seeing kids, you know, develop that love of reading. Yes. But also that love of learning that exploration and then also helping kids and their families just continue to be connected to the community. I think it was just so valuable. So sorry, my mind oh, was just no. super lingering no, on I'm, that. I'm, I just love that, yeah, that duality, that I'm, combination. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that too. Yeah. Cause it, it really is a fascinating, the way you framed it of that big picture, mm -hmm. which is a lot of where we're, we're either trying to be creative and come up with things that will be relevant or mm -hmm. stimulating mm -hmm. or educational or exciting. And then those micro mm -hmm. kind of interactions that are one-on-one -on -one yeah. or you and guardians, parents, or mm -hmm. just, just a smaller thing. And that's really, you're getting the feedback is instant. And yes. <laughs> They're like, yes, I got a book about how to play pool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I really love that about libraries. So the American Library Association, I don't know if people have heard about them at all, but it's this professional institution that's been around a very long time that helps to guide libraries from all over the country in like, what does it mean to be a librarian? What are our professional values? And they have this amazing Bill of Rights that helps guide our work. Yeah. And one of the things that is definitely related to ULAB and the things that we're talking about with, you know, community-driven programming and services is the idea that accessibility has always been a value of libraries. How can we get books into the hands of people who want them? And how do we reduce the amount of intimidation that may be happening for people to even come into our doors? And over the years, librarians have tried to answer this in a variety of ways. They learn about new dynamics around accessibility. And I think this project that we're doing at Loveland and have been working on, along with many of the other services we already offer, is really about supporting accessibility to these programs and services, but also by providing accessibility to library services and resources, people can move about in their lives in a way that feels fulfilling, that feels successful. Yeah. <laughs> and so I think that this library's focusing on accessibility in terms of relationship. When that patron comes in, is this kid having trouble because they're nervous to talk to a librarian, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that reduces their accessibility. You know, how do we support them in working through that? And then there's the larger accessibility stuff with that big picture vision level of work that we frequently do behind the scenes, which is what are the things that are happening in our community that the library could help support in terms of like, things that the exciting opportunities and aspirations that the community has, what can the library do to be a part of it? And what are the, some of the challenges that are happening in our community because of X, Y, Z things? And what can we do as this kind of encompassing container yeah. where you can bring <laughs> all these different types of people together and figure it out, you yeah. know, collaborate and bridge. And yeah, so I think there's this piece about accessibility that is really exciting about this project. Yeah. And I, I, I couldn't agree more. And it's accessibility is also, it's, it's, it has its own challenges when that's what you're striving for because mm -hmm. it's, it's a moving target and it's something yes. that, that develops over time. And I mean, you even think about if you walked into a library in the 1980s, yeah, it's going to look totally different than it looks today. And, yeah. and technology moves so quickly outside of of nonprofits outside of libraries it's the private sectors driving all mm -hmm. these things that we we try uh, an example would be people using audible yeah. um, or people buying books on their kindle and things well we also have digital audiobooks and digital books but now it becomes 
helping people access those, right. teaching them to use their devices. Right. It's because not everybody can buy, uh, you know, buy a membership for Audible. So there's this piece that the libraries hold in the community where it's like, yes, this emerging technology is valuable, you know, mostly. <laughs> and there are a lot of people who we don't want to leave behind. Yeah. And I think that's some of the stuff that I've noticed in adult services, especially here at the Loveland Library, as well as up in the Innovation and Technology Lab. That's a huge thing you all focus on is accessibility, ensuring that people don't get left behind with technology. And that's a whole nother, you know, <laughs> a whole nother level of challenges. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, people's personal technology, that can also just be its own challenge. Mm -hmm. And then when we're offering things that resources or whatever it may be that is accessible with your technology, we also need to be able to help you bridge that mm -hmm. what we're offering with what you have to utilize mm -hmm. it. And it's, it's a fun challenge. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's, it's an interesting challenge and it just, it just never stops. Mm -hmm. And you even look at the, at the collections, if you visit different libraries, I'm certain that there are still libraries, places that have VCR video tapes right. and, and, but that becomes, that might still be their community. There might be right. enough people that, Still that's, have a VHS player. Exactly, yeah. yeah. That's still relevant to them. and But then you have this whole other world mm -hmm. of people who they don't even have a DVD player because they right. can they stream They just stream things. everything, yeah. Well, we offer that too. And mm -hmm. so it's, it's you're trying to satisfy a, a lot of things, mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, you're directed by mm -hmm. by your community. And that's that kind of gets us to where what we're talking mm -hmm. about in this episode or mm -hmm. kind of the crux of things is we have, we utilize some tools to help us listen to our community, respond to our community and have, have a methodology for doing those things yeah. as well. Because there's a lot of, there's a lot of challenges when it comes to hearing from your community. That's, mm -hmm. That's just one of those things that <laughs> I, I don't think anyone has solved. <laughs> no, and there are whole PhD programs that try to solve that <laughs> question, I yeah, think. <laughs> yeah, and it and it's it's one of those we've all decided that that's a good idea and that's necessary, but how mm -hmm. you go about it is mm -hmm. really where it gets tricky. Yeah. Um, but we have embarked on some of these things and yeah. you've been involved in, yeah. in them. And that, that has started with community conversations and the Harwood Institute. And yeah, yeah are those things you want to shed some light yeah, on? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So a few years ago, I want to say, well, <laughs> straight up front, libraries and especially the Loveland Library has been very much, you know, trying to get community feedback in all sorts of ways for a long time. It's just in the last few years, I would say, that we've had some structured tools that we've intentionally used on a library-wide scale to help inform our work and what we deliver to the community. So part of my background is facilitation and nonprofit management and group facilitation, as well as asset-based action research or community action research, which is a different way at approaching gathering information. It's a more collaborative approach. You know, asset-based research is looking at what the community or looking at something first from their assets, not from their deficits. And it's more collaborative. It's a little less linear. There's a whole bunch of resources on it <laughs> um, about the differences of that approach. But I found myself connecting with these projects that were emerging at the Loveland Library, and one of them specifically is the Harwood Institute. They offer a number of tools to support libraries in connecting with their community. And the American Library Association tries to connect libraries to the Harwood Institute as a tool for this collaborative work. And so in 2019, a group of us from the Loveland Library on our outreach committee which is an internal staff committee that consists of staff members from all departments or divisions. I always get those mixed up. <laughs> anyway. I call them departments, Depart but I'm I think certainly not I think the it's authority. Loveland Library. Library is a department, and then within that is like the adult services division, the children's division, the teen division. 
So anyway, <laughs> this <laughs> cross-departmental commi- committee that was focused is focused on outreach started connecting to the Harwood Institute. A number of us were formally trained as facilitators. We did online trainings. A few of us went to actual in-person trainings. And the idea is the Harwood Institute has a number of tools so that you can gather information from your community. One of the tools is the community conversations tool. And that essentially consists of four to 10 questions that they have developed using data to determine if they're actually good questions or not. (laughs) Um, And so you use these questions with a group of people, either in, in person, in a conversation, kind of like dinner table style, or you can use them almost, uh, like as a talk backboard, like with sticky notes where you're maybe at a farmer's market and you're like, hey, what are your aspirations for Loveland? And then people can just put sticky notes up of what they're feeling. And so we, uh, the outreach committee at that time, held a number of community conversations all around Loveland just to gather basic information about what the community sees is happening in Loveland, what, what the aspirations are. And it was you know, the library and stance in that is really just information gatherer and like bridge builder, (laughs) Um, a container. Uh, You know, the goal is to really not have a lens or an agenda. And you're capturing all this really rich content where people are talking about things that they're really passionate about, things that they're concerned about. Um, People from all backgrounds came, you know, and the questions are designed in such a way where you kind of get to let go of the, I don't know, some of the triggering words, the buzzwords, the, you know, strict politics, um, some of the divisions that exist in our community and in the country. And you can just dig down to the root of what people are wanting. And so we had these, you know, lucky to hear all these amazing conversations with people from Loveland and, we held enough, we held 18 community conversations. A few of those were talk back board situations where we were at the farmer's market or I think Cherry Pie Festival, uh, trying to just push out <laughs> to our broader community and not just the usual people who get to speak up, right? Yeah. Not just our usual suspects of all the people who come into the library already. <laughs> A lot of the people who we talked to maybe weren't even library patrons. The whole idea around these questions is really broad questions so that you can find common ground and develop shared responsibility. And anyway, so we ended up through these 18 community conversations, we had about 15 different responses. It's definitely focused on qualitative sort of data. It's not quantitative. (laughs) Clearly, that's not a large number compared to the population of Loveland. And we had extremely rich conversations, hours and hours of people telling us what really matters to them and what they really hope for the community. And so we coded all of that using data, you know, gathering that data and coding it so that then you can develop quantifiable information around like, what were the themes that come up that that came up during these 18 conversations? What were some of the commonalities that popped up no matter where we were, no matter the group was talking And so through those community conversations, we released a report, and that's listed on the Loveland Library website still. I think it's like under more info or something, and it says community conversations. People can see that full report online. Yeah, and I'll put a link to that if if you all are curious. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. I found it extremely interesting, and especially with like my background of growing up here. (laughs) It's like, whoa, like there were things that I felt that, you know, I didn't express in those because I was the, you know, neutral facilitator <laughs> that did come up from other people. Like other people were seeing it too. So I think the people who participated in those conversations felt affirmed and they felt excited that the library was formally like documenting this feedback. Yeah. And then we shared it with city council and all of that information helped us in our strategic planning at the library later on. And then there were things that came up that you could see in the report that were broad, very, very broad, (laughs) that, you know, as librarians, we have, you know, a little bit of responsibility to kind of dive deeper into and say, oh, what do you mean by that? So like one of the comments that kept on coming up that helped inform our next (laughs) tool, (laughs) the ULAB, was that the community really wanted to 
see diversity in Loveland. They wanted the community to be inclusive for all. And another way that that was said was that people wanted to see a welcoming and connected community for Loveland, which all sounds really good. And it's really broad and I would argue kind of abstract, you know, hard to, uh, very intangible. And so our next kind of iteration of connecting with the community was utilizing the ULAB tool, which is a program that is run by the Massachusetts Institute of Technology. There you go. I, I always have trouble with acronyms. You anyway, can say so it MIT. And I'll. <laughs> yeah. So MIT has this program called the our department called the Presencing Institute, and specifically ULab. And uh, we ended up submitting an application to be a part of this formal process called ULab, where essentially people from all over the world who are working to support their communities in answering large-scale problems. So with that, there are people who are there who are concerned about environmental issues. There are people who are concerned about education. There are people who are concerned about something else that's happening in Denmark that I don't even know about. (laughs) Water. Yes. (laughs) Purity. Yeah. Yeah. All all kinds of Mm -hmm. all kinds of things. And I'm just jumping in Mm because this is where I came into this process early this year. And uh, so I've been kind of learning along as we go. And I'm really I'm I'm glad that you brought up the point about going out the community, having these different conversations, and we we get getting this kind of general feedback, mm-hmm. but we also want to have some kind of actionable feedback for because, the library. Yeah, because yeah. we're we're not interested in just collecting mm-hmm. people's thoughts and opinions. We want to turn that into something that makes the library more accessible, relevant, mm-hmm. exciting, mm-hmm. useful. Um, all of those great things. And as you mentioned too, we. We can and we do this internally at the library and even just kind of anecdotally because people will come up and and ask you things or, Mm -hmm. you know, suggest things. But that is the people who are already coming to the library. Right. (laughs) So it's a it's a group that already is here. Yes. So so we've we've already demonstrated some sort of relevance to them. Right. We love those people. I'm not saying that they aren't (laughs) the best, but we also, this is a growing community that's getting larger and larger, and we have to love all of the people who don't come to the library and don't necessarily know the relevance that exists Mm -hmm. for them as well. Right. If you don't like books, it's okay. You can still come to the library. There's (laughs) stuff for you here. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And and we want to hear from folks who say that too, because Mm -hmm. what what could we do that would make us relevant. And, and Mm -hmm. some of that to get a little bit more into the weeds, (laughs) something like that is, is the podcast, something Mm -hmm. where this is, this is accessible to anyone anywhere. Mm -hmm. You don't need to have a library card. You don't even need to live in this country (laughs) to, to access this. But these are the type of things that, I mean, you're going to learn an awful lot about the Loveland public library and the Loveland community, but if you're into it, yeah, great. Yeah. Yeah. But but that's that's an avenue to create some more of that that accessibility and mm-hmm. that and that relevance and what we want is to to do more mm-hmm. of that and so ULab is a way where we're taking some of that feedback that you highlighted mm-hmm. and we're we're trying to generate even more actionable mm-hmm. items resources mm-hmm. whatever it turns out to be and so last year you all interviewed partners mm-hmm. of ours. Is that correct? Yeah. So last year, so after <laughs> we got accepted into the MIT program um, and they do a number of things to help the community groups connect to the tools that they offer. They offer feedback. Um, you get to collaborate with people from all over the globe and hear what other people are doing, get excited about what they're doing. They get excited about what we're doing. Anyway, it's a very rich experience. And so the whole idea behind ULab is supporting community groups in prototyping solutions. So the first kind of step to this process is connecting to your stakeholders around the particular issue. So you're essentially surveying like what's what, like 
the current reality that's facing that is Loveland, <laughs> you know, what does that look like? Yeah. And so because we had this, this thing that we wanted to dive deeper into around inclusivity within Loveland, and that term itself is loaded for a lot of people, <laughs> you know, but really thinking about belonging, what does that look like in our community? Yeah. 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 And belonging is really, at least since I've been on board, that is a big theme. Yeah. And even in, in a big kind of library strategic goal, mm -hmm. just that sense of belonging. And, and as you mentioned, when you, when you collect these, these thoughts, opinions, feedback, that is so general, mm -hmm. but if you can kind of come to a, a consensus on what the theme is of that mm -hmm. belonging was just really something where we thought yeah. this is what people, they want to feel like they belong to this community. Yep. They want to feel like they want to belong to the city. Mm -hmm. They want to feel like they belong as a <laughs> patron mm -hmm. of the library. And we want people to feel like they, they belong We do. We want them well. to belong. Yeah. yeah. And that doesn't even necessarily mean when you're here at the library. It right. doesn't necessarily mean that you belong at the library. Therefore, you need to come here all the time. To the physical building. Right. Yes. Because... We have like our digital audiobooks mm -hmm. or story time, virtual story times, mm -hmm. podcasts. We have ways where we can still be relevant for you. You feel like you belong. And you're not even in the building. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And we have a whole, that's another piece of what libraries look like now that I think is so important to push back against a little bit in terms of the stereotype, which is libraries definitely are connected to the building that we have, but it's also about we have staff members and long-term uh, programs and services that we offer out in the community to different neighborhoods, to different community groups and community partners. And that is a part of how the library supports the community is in the building and outside of the building. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And that's that's been, uh, as well as since I've joined this ULAB project, something that we've not... Not that we've been creating solutions or the prototype mm -hmm. ahead of getting feedback. The community, and, yeah. right. <laughs> but just just knowing that that is something, I mean, anywhere you go, or, or especially having lived through everything being shut down right. for... COVID's a whole other can of worms. Yeah. yeah. But that but that really started to emphasize, especially the limitations of having a building yes. where... You cannot even open the building, or if you are open, there are certain rules or statutes, yeah. um, mandates that you have to abide by, and that creates barriers for yeah. people. Or it, or it means that... And it limits what we can offer. Exactly. Yeah. It limits what we can offer, and it also just means that we, we have to operate totally differently mm -hmm. because this whole tradition of having the building... And trying to invite people in mm -hmm. now, it's that's not what we <laughs> we can even do mm -hmm. anymore. Mm -hmm. Or when we are able to do it, it's in a way where people don't necessarily mm -hmm. want to do that. And so mm -hmm. you just have to evolve, right? And 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 that's where a lot of that creativity comes out of that. Mm -hmm. That's where the challenge is, but that's also where you can start generating these things. You know, where people say, "Hey, I actually like putting my books on hold, driving up." And then having somebody walk out and me. give me the bag yeah. of books. Yeah. yeah. And you start to, you start to do these things that people go, you know what, actually I'd like that even when mm -hmm. the, the environment is different yeah. or the, the health regulations right. are different and you start to, it, it just opens your eyes to something like this where you go, Hey, our, our prototype, mm -hmm. it may look like something that other libraries are doing. It may look like something we wanted to do, mm -hmm. or it may be a combination of things, or maybe something that we develop only after getting this feedback. Right, right. Yeah, that prototyping process is key where, you know, you do as much as you can with gathering information and consulting the, the various stakeholders and reflecting and trying stuff out. And so there is a piece of that where you're, you try something on, oop, that didn't work, or this part of that worked, but <laughs> that part didn't work. And I think that we did that in this uh, sort of unintentional but intentional way during COVID, which was, you know, especially at the beginning, oh, we're going to try this way of getting books to people. Oh, that part didn't work. This part worked well. And so I think the thing that's super exciting about ULAB and even Harwood, too, is that it's really trying to support libraries in connecting with the community, turning outward. That's their whole thing in Harwood, which is turn outward. 
look at what's happening and adapt, be flexible and yeah. try things out and then see what works and what doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. And that's exactly why it's called a, a prototype because yep. you're not, you're not saying that you're coming up with this, the end all be all solution that is mm -hmm. going to work now and forever. Right. It's really, you, you formulate some sort of, and we're intentionally using this kind of vague lang language because that's sometimes that's what libraries do. And even the things that we do, I, I don't necessarily know what to call it. You know, yeah. sometimes it's a program, sometimes yeah. it's event. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I just call it a resource. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I just call it an opportunity because those are, we're flexible enough to just know, okay, we should do that. Mm -hmm. But what you want to label it as right? <laughs> just, just kind of de depends. Some mm -hmm. things are very obvious. Like you can call story time, a program. It's mm -hmm. a library program that mm -hmm. we have, mm -hmm. you know, on this day and this day at this time. And then, when it's a library pro podcast, you say... It can also be a library program. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A service that we Yeah, offer. or you say, well, this is a resource. Or, yeah, yeah. this is a service. Yeah. And so this, when when we talk about the prototype, that's pretty useful for us because we we really don't know if this is going to be something that looks traditional right. or that happens a certain time. We, we really don't know, but we're just open to what could be the most mm -hmm. relevant thing mm -hmm. for that. Okay, so last year we interviewed community stakeholders who in some capacity work in supporting a more inclusive Loveland. So we interviewed long-established organizations like Rotary Club. We also interviewed some of our teens who are part of the Loveland Youth Advisory Commission, which, by the way, I was on back in the day. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we tried to have a spread of people, spread of different stakeholders to reach out to. You know, we interviewed Lago Vista Neighbors, which is a longtime Loveland library community partner. They do amazing work in North Loveland. And then, you know, we also interviewed Heart and Soul, which we is another long-term partner. Mm -hmm. And we've done amazing community events over the years with them. Dia de los Muertos being one of them. And we talked with them with more specific questions. <laughs> yeah. So we asked them specifically about, you know, what and these were questions that ULab gave us in order to help evolve that prototype. And some of those questions were, what is the current reality of Loveland when you think of inclusivity and equity? And we got a whole, you know, just like everything, we got a range of responses and we ended up coding all of that information and then developed an additional report around that next round of interviews. With that, we're now in 2022 with a slightly different team continuing this work. And the next phase, you know, is us following up on what we heard. So one of the things that came up in the uh, stakeholder interviews was the library's role in supporting community organizations and community members, period, in accessing services. And so that really connected to the library's existing goal of community outreach. And there were questions that came up around, what does that look like? We already offer outreach. And what more would our community partners need or what more would our community members need in order to get the needs met that aren't being met <laughs> because mm -hmm. it came up, you know, in these, in these interviews, a lot of interviewing, a lot of conversation, <laughs> but that's the whole thing. It's this yeah. relational collaborative process but the next step is our team interviewing this next group of people around what does outreach look like for them and yeah. how can we support the people that they serve in feeling like they belong in Loveland or that they belong at the library. So it's definitely each version of this, we're, you know, narrowing the funnel and we're getting to that point where it's like, what is the library's role in supporting people in having a sense of belonging. Yeah, and it really, the kind of big picture for all of this is that there are some times where we, we know things that people will like, and that speaks to the books and the mm -hmm. movies and the story times and things. And then sometimes we have people with passions or skills or experience who can bring things that we also know people will like. Like our seed library, for example. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And then we also get to times where we know that we want to do more or that the community would like us to do more. Mm -hmm. And so we, we have to take a journey like this. We have to do a, 
an investigation like this to mm -hmm. really whittle it down to what could that look like mm -hmm. and not just depend on what other libraries are doing or a traditional thing that libraries do or someone just coming up with a plan. We really want to make that plan from the feedback we get through these conversations. And that's that's where we are now. We've mm -hmm. we've had kind of two rounds of one one round of big yes. community conversations, yes. a round of more partner focused conversations. Mm -hmm. And now that we're really getting to the point where we want to prototype something, mm -hmm. um, not not exactly sure what that might look like, but we know that it's going to have to do with helping helping create that sense of belonging in the community and at the library and with our partners. Mm -hmm. And we are anticipating another round of of interviews so that we can start generating that prototype. Right. And then hopefully that that becomes something, whether you want to call it a program or a service or a resource or an opportunity, mm -hmm. those kind of things, that'll help us decide what it might look like. It, it might look like all of those mm -hmm. things. But this is really to generate a way for the Loveland Public Library to be relevant for the people who live right. in Loveland. Right. With and specific, tangible actions. Yes. Yes. Those those kind of specific things, because no no two communities are are the same. Right. And and they have different people living in them who have different relationships with their library and mm -hmm. with each other. And mm -hmm. and and we want to we want to make you all feel like you belong here. Right. Really. Right. So having said all that, mm -hmm. we don't, <laughs> there, there's not necessarily a timeline for these things. Right. That's, that's where we're at now. Mm -hmm. And this is something that's going to be moving forward. Mm -hmm. But we thought it would be nice to have this podcast episode so people could get a little bit of insight into how mm -hmm. the library functions, right. especially this project that kind of came out of the Harwood Institute and utilizing the Harvard Institute as a tool and then also using the using ULab as a tool, and that that whole journey is going to culminate in in some sort of prototype. Right. <laughs> we just we just don't know when or where or how. Right. But we're getting closer and closer mm -hmm. all the time. And that's part of the process of being driven by the community. It's a little bit less linear of a process. Still, there's still structure to it, but there's not a exact timeline and. When you unearth something, when you ask one question, you sometimes unearth something you weren't expecting. And so I think that's part of the ongoing role um, of libraries in their communities is just constantly connecting with, are we meeting the needs of our community? Are, do people feel like they belong here? And if not, what can we do? Yeah. Yeah. And this this is one of many, <laughs> yes. many, many things we're developing. We're always... We have the things ongoing that people enjoy and, mm -hmm. and can participate in or view online or listen to. And we're always developing new ideas there. And this is just one one kind of bigger collaborative effort that, mm -hmm. that we're making. And I hope that people enjoyed kind of hearing, <laughs> hearing, hearing how some of this stuff works, hearing about what it's like to, to work at a library and some of the things that we, we work towards doing and mm -hmm. the challenges that we see and that we face and that we we're we're all coming from different places we're all in your community too mm -hmm. and these mm -hmm. are the things that hopefully we can do to make this library as as good as it can be because mm -hmm. that's what this community deserves and yep. that's that's what we're all working towards here and absolutely. um that's that's i think what brings people into working at a library yeah absolutely <laughs> absolutely well, before we go, Haley, mm -hmm. I always like to ask our guests, <laughs> <laughs> what do you like to read or watch? Do you have any favorite authors or genres? Mm -hmm. Or do you have something that you've read or mm -hmm. listened to or watched that you would like to share and uh, sure. recommend? Oh, uh, this is <laughs> a hard question because there's so much. And then immediately when this question is asked, always <laughs> the things get just like fly out of my head. So I guess lately I've been, I've been on the long audiobook kick listening to the Expanse series by James Corey. They have an Amazon series now about this and it's like five or six seasons in already, but there's like nine books and it's very compelling space travel, you know, futuristic story. And there's a lot that happens where 
you know, there's people who live on Earth, there's people who live on Mars, and then there's people who live in the asteroid belt <laughs> and have lived there for a long time. And then there's all these politics. And then there's an alien technology <laughs> that gets released and things go haywire. And it's very good. And it's so good, in fact, that I have listened to all nine of the books and they are all like 90 hours long or something <laughs> ridiculous, some really long number. But the characters are fun and interesting. And if you don't like listening to audiobooks, they are, it's also a very good series. They did a good job adapting it. Not the best for younger listeners, but uh, <laughs> yeah, anyway, it's a very good series. And then I also like children's and teens teen books. So the other book that I'm reading right now is called The Marvelers. And it's kind of like Harry Potter, but it's a little bit more, I don't, I don't even know how to describe it. There's, there's magic involved. There's, you know, a ragtag group of kids who are trying to figure out their powers, but then there's, you know, some things lurking in the background that the main character has to solve and save the world. So <laughs> I've been really enjoying it. What's that one called? It's called The Marvelers. The Marvelers. And mm-hmm. who is the... Oh, I can't remember. You were going to ask okay. me. I don't remember. I'll... It just came out, though, recently. And it's written by one of the people who founded We Need More Diverse Books. Oh, okay. And uh, it's very good. I'll link both of those. I'm sure we've got the first one in the... Uh, I might have it checked out. But, oh, yeah. No. <laughs> the Expanse, yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> well... Thank you for that. And thank you so much for being a guest on the Loveland Libcast. This was a really yeah. fun conversation yeah, to have and a, and a different kind of episode. And <laughs> yeah. I, I I hope people enjoy hearing a little more of the details about yeah. how the library works and, and what our jobs are like. Yeah, I appreciate the opportunity. And for people who are listening and who want to talk about this, I love dorking out about this sort of work. So, yeah, hopefully you enjoyed yeah. the conversation. <laughs> I, I, uh, I didn't know you were a YA fan. You might have to oh. come on to the YA. <laughs> oh, I'd be happy to. <laughs> cool. I might be a little bit behind though. I feel like Becca always is spot we'll, we'll, on we'll with recent read, stuff. Uh, <laughs> oh, I can do recent. that. <laughs> I know. I, YA is so hard to keep up on because it's such a growing oh, genre. Yeah, it's yeah. like, you know, all the cool stuff right now is stuff that I'll read in five years. Yeah, it was. <laughs> because we, I'm so slow. <laughs> yeah, we read. We read so much. We read Percy Jackson. Oh, and it, it was so. It was funny. There's a, uh, I can't remember if we talked about this in that episode, but there were, there's like a, a reference to Hillary Duff, I think. <laughs> You're just like, oh Wait, man. man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, Percy Jackson's old. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, kids still love it, obviously. Oh, but, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's funny like that still feels to me it's oh yeah that's yeah, something that that's the, the kids are so, into no. <laughs> yeah and it references Hillary Duff yeah no and Hillary Duff for people who are listening if you don't know is also known Lizzie McGuire and she is in her 30s now and has yeah. multiple children so it just they're shows how long Percy this Jackson. how old the series actually yeah. is yeah they're reading Percy Jackson exactly <laughs> well thank you again for being on this episode yeah. of the Loveland Libcast and thank you all for listening and I will talk to you later thank you bye thank you for listening to this episode of the Loveland Libcast If you'd like to contact us about the podcast, please reach out to Daniel at daniel.tate at cityofloveland.org. That's D-A-N-I-E-L dot T-A-T-E at cityofloveland.org. See you next time.